0: Don't just be a part of the industry, redefine it.
1: Visit cpfcoaching.com for more information. Discover the leader within. Contact CPF Coaching, LLC today and schedule your strategic session. Hey, security peeps. I am Renee Small and we are back with another special edition of Breaking into Cybersecurity with Dr. Dan. And today I think I'm gonna start calling these Mondays with Dan because we've had such um, a good time over the past couple weeks Chatting with Dan about some of the things that we are going through. Um, as you all know, I'm Renee Small and co-host podcast co-host of Breaking Into Cybersecurity, working with cybersecurity professionals at all levels to um, help them get into the field and also helping companies hire great talent. And I'm here with Dr. Dan Schaefer. Dan, go ahead and introduce yourself.
2: Hi. Uh- Dan Schaefer, uh, my company's Peak Performance Strategies. Uh, I'm a business and sports psychologist. I've worked globally with uh, individuals and uh, major companies uh, around the world and with professional athletes. I wrote a book called Click, The Competitive Edge. And uh, what we found is is that uh, there's a lot of information that people need and don't know where to get it. And here is where you can get it.
1: Exactly. So we are back again this week. Last week, we had to drop uh, soon quickly. Um, But this week, we are back to talk about what's keeping you up at night. And I know a lot of people I mean, I I was up in the middle of the night, I think last night, and I was going to send an email out at about (laughs) 2am to say what's keeping you all up at night. (laughs) <laughs> um, but I have, as, as Dan knows this, I have a zillion things floating around in my head that was keeping me up. Um, but one of the things, Dan, that I wanted to ask you to get started is I heard from, I've been hearing from cybersecurity professionals at all levels um, who are struggling right now because of, due to COVID-19, their roles may be either changing, getting more stressful. So if they, if they're leaders, they have to lay off staff. If And and then, obviously, when you're laying off staff, you're wondering, when am I going to be the next one? And then for people who have already been laid off and are just thinking about what's next. Um, So I know you have been working with your clients who've been struggling on different levels, but I wanted to to start the conversation with that one for today.
2: I think it's a great conversation to have because that's basically – If we can step back in history, when I worked with Hewlett Packard before they were uh, merging with Compaq, that was one of the issues. What happens if uh, I lose my role to my counterpart in another company? And we put together some strategies, and they were long-range strategies, but the focus was to uh, help people to uh, uh, see themselves as the CEO of their own company and Mm -hmm. to uh, develop that strategy. I think long-term, uh, the biggest issue was uh, what contaminated most of their performance was, uh, and, and their sleep at night was the way they talk to themselves. Controlling your mind game, controlling the way you talk to yourself is critical. I mean, if I say to everybody on a call, just take a moment and overhear the conversation that you are having when you're talking to yourself. Now, what does that conversation say? So I could say to Renee, what is Renee hearing Renee say to Renee when Renee overhears Renee talking to Renee? <laughs> but again, it's to get you, until you can see it, feel it, and hear it. It's hard to control it, but it is very contaminating. And we have some strategies to do that. I'll give you one right now. If you have a tape going on in your head, no matter when that is, If it's not productive, if it's not going to produce you some comfort and relaxation, then turn it off. Most people say, well, I can't turn it off. Well, if you right now push your tongue up onto the roof of your mouth, whatever you're thinking stops, stops immediately. And so who uses this? Professional athletes, people who have to negotiate for business, people who are in high stress situations where confrontation could become critical. So it's turning down the self-talk so you can control it and then the other part is is that what i work privately with people on is getting them to and this happens very quickly though using a hypnotic strategy to uh trying to control that and, and give their subconscious mind a different way to deal with those issues yeah. but it is it is contaminating but when you start to look at these things it, it's uh Seeing yourself, and each situation is different. There are no two situations on this phone call, no matter how many people, and we've had a lot of people listen to this program, uh, to have the same situation. And so it's, uh, the opportunity is there if somebody is interested to call me and talk to me privately about that. That would be wonderful. However, if not, if you would send me an email, I can send you a lot of information about this that you can work with yourself or a combination of work with me. But at the end of the day, it's, you know, when when I just wrote a little article, it said, how long do you want to listen to what you're listening to? And most people say, I don't want to listen very long. And so how do you shut it off?
1: Yeah. Um, in addition to that, in addition to the the folks that are, you know, dealing with that self-talk and, um. You know, just getting in your own head. I know. Last week, I was listening. I think someone was just talking about they just get in their own head too much. And and so when when you said Renee talking to Renee, listening to Renee, (laughs) you just in your head. It's like seventeen people in there, floating around talking.
2: Well, you know, everybody—not everybody, but anybody who's a sports fan—is familiar with trash talk, and trash talk works well. You know, in basketball and other sports. However. It works really well on yourself because when you trash talk yourself, the risk is that it's in your voice. So you believe it. You can't believe the amount of garbage that people tell themselves about themselves. It doesn't have to, doesn't have to be that way. So this is, and the question is, how quickly can you pick it up? I mean, Mm -hmm. if you, I'll say to everybody right on this call now, you're going to be surprised to notice that when we leave the call, You're going to be much more aware of what you're saying, when you're saying it. And then there's a way, and I could send you certainly some information on it, but when does it start? When does it start? Who's around? What situations happen? Who are you going to go to talk to? Uh, Who's going to get in your way? Uh, And one of the other things that these folks did with HP was we built safety nets. Mm -hmm. Everybody that I worked with, and there were about 100 executives from Euland Packard that I worked with and we all built safety nets way before something happened. So if you still have your job and if you're still working and you're still, uh, moving forward, always have the safety net start in your mind, a consulting company, uh, and start to add, identify people who you would bring in to help somebody solve a problem. Uh, and I do that all the time with people. And so, so the thing is to, uh, to have a system to work with because the system will give you some comfort and relaxation and at least focus.
1: Great. Right. Like, absolutely. So Brett says um, those internal conversations become contagious in companies too, like a virus.
2: That, that That's why, that's where it becomes critical to offer this type of, we've done this too, offer this type of uh, seminar, webinar, Zoom call, for employees within a company. Now, if it comes from the leader or the manager, it's not nearly as valuable (laughs) if it comes from somebody else. Yeah. Because what we're talking about here has nothing to do with cybersecurity. Yeah. It has to do with the individual. Yep. So, you know, it's it's finding, and if you have a question about that, how that would work, once again, uh, better than sending, uh, you know, something on LinkedIn. Call me directly. See, one of the issues that I help people with is is selling mistakes. How do you help somebody really avoid costly error? And the top of the list is speed dial. You know, how long do you want to put up with something before you pick the phone up and call me? No, no charge for the call. You just call and say, "Here's what's going on. Can you help me or not?" And I'll tell you in five minutes if I can help you. But uh, and and it doesn't make any difference where it's from. Yeah. You know, uh, go ahead.
1: So, Sergey, I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly, says, what do you think of the trend on virtual CISOs? Is it effective in solving cybersecurity issues for organizations? So, Dan, I don't know if well, you want I, to. That might be yeah, more well, help. But go ahead.
2: Well, the, the question is, is that the only thing I know about cybersecurity is, is that your company is never not under attack. So this is, I said to Renee last week. I said it's like standing on a Niagara Falls; the water never stops. So it's how do you deal with that, and how do you realize, how do you position yourself? But you know, it's like it's like a quarterback in a football game. You know, a minute, the ball snapped. You know, he's got 400, 500, 600 pounds of people coming at him. He knows that's what's going to happen, so he has to have a way to deal with it.
1: Yeah. And Sergey, I think that um, to, to add my piece from the the recruiting side and the HR side, um, virtual CISOs are great. If a company needs, um, they need help and they can't either, aff- they don't need a full-time CISO or they can't afford a full-time CISO, then a virtual CISO is the next best thing. So having um, having that as an option, as some- something rather than nothing is definitely, I think, useful. Um, no, so I- AJ...
2: It's interesting he brings that up because I work virtually with companies. Uh, I'm white labeled Mm -hmm. companies. And uh, the fact is, is that uh, people don't have, with what I work with, people don't have the ongoing challenge. But the fact is, once we get it under control and people get a system, you know, it's how, as a CISO, how much stuff is on your plate in addition to everything else that you really either weren't trained to handle or don't want to handle or could have somebody help you handle it better. And that's that's the issue we worked with with you know when we worked with HP and people, you know, uh, people were appointed to be to run a country, they had a lot of skill set, they had a tremendous competency model. They met the competency model well, but at the end of the day, you know, how do you help that individual he, he connecting to somebody else who can help
1: yeah yeah for sure so AJ Rodriguez says when I start feeling down I look into something else that gives me endorphins like a new way of winning business or new technology to study and because when I think of all the people I can help that makes me happy well
2: he's got he's got something to focus on mm-hmm. you know how can you how can you take yourself from where you are and take yourself to someplace that's more pleasurable yep
1: yeah. Um and Dan sent Dan Jensen. He's so sweet. Thank you, Dan. He says you are both so wonderful. He's going to update his article with our park podcast partners' information. So I will give you Dr. Dan's information. So Dan Jensen follows us, and he he um has connected with me. He's a cybersecurity person, and he really enjoys these conversations. And going to update it with your information too, Dan.
2: That's great. You know, it's very interesting. I have. I have a very good friend of mine who sells diamonds and uh, he was asked to uh, give a talk for a jewelry convention. And when we worked on the topic, he said the topic was going to be, it ain't about diamonds. And this is not about cybersecurity. This is about the people who are under the waterfall mm-hmm. and how do you protect yourself and how do you do the best you can. And also, you know, we talked about a lot of, a lot of other issues, the people having a vision for the future. People have marketing challenges. How do you market yourself and move yourself out there? But again, it's uh, to me, it's picking up the phone.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree with you a hundred percent. So there's another, um, you know, to go back to, I want you to, to, to jump into the, being the CEO of your own company, because I think that that tends to sometimes um, people may skate over that, that part. um, And it's, I think when you put yourself in that mode, if you're the CEO or not of the, the big company, you just are in control. So Dan, t- talk to yeah. the folks about the um, okay. thing that,
2: that, That's a, that's a great topic because the fact is, is it's very difficult to be in business today uh, when you know you're in business, but when you're in business and you don't know that you're in business, then you have bigger challenges. And so if, if we look at, you know, the, this toolbox concept, everybody walks around in a toolbox and they have tools in a toolbox that they use all the time and they're familiar with, but they have other tools in the toolbox that they're not the least bit aware of. And, and they also are responsible to, uh, to develop other people that they work with, the succession plan within their company. And, uh, you know, you can't teach somebody something that you don't know that you know. And so this comes back to this system that Renee and I have talked about for a long time. Everybody that I work with immediately moves out to 2025. Give you a magic wand, you wave it. Now you're in 2025. What uh, What do you want to have happen? What does 2025 look like for you? And then what we do is once you imagine it or dream, this is not goal setting now, this is dreaming, you dream 2025, then we look backwards for anything you can possibly do to foul that up. I have an assessment that we've used for, from uh, Hewlett Packard when we worked with HP uh, that is, I think, better than anything on the market. And it's a risk assessment that will show you every single place that you can personally screw up going forward. And so you combine your dream, what 2025 looks like, you find anything that you can do. And this is 30 minutes online. If anybody's interested in that, call me to find out how it works. 30 minutes online, and then you, you put those two things together. So that puts you in a position of, A, knowing any place that you can foul up before you get there. Then when you apply that to a team, uh I've, you know, I talked about this with a law firm that I, that I worked with uh, for about, about two or three years ago, and I said, you really need to develop a coaching culture, not a management culture. Remote, ma- remote management is used today. We could talk, talk on that. But again, it really comes back to having people understand that finding out where an individual on your team wants to be. Hopefully, they've been recruited well and they have a good competency. The company has a good competency model. But after that, what does that person need to succeed? The philosophy of HP was don't put somebody in a position without supporting them to help them to succeed.
1: Right.
2: And that that worked really well.
1: Yeah. I I think so. I think that definitely with the being the CEO, because I, I what I'm hearing a lot with companies right now, or not with companies, with, with individuals, is you know, what the, the things keeping them up and and I think a lot of it is like being out of control in a way. So the things keeping them up is I'm about to get laid off. I already am laid off, <laughs> you know, or I'm laying off people, you know, so all of that heavy um stuff that's going on in their heads when you talk about being the ceo of your you know this is this is your in your mind what i'm gathering from them is i'm the ceo i'm, I'm about to be laid off from my com- company or i just don't like you know maybe they are not about to be laid off but they just don't like where they are and they're looking to do something else and what i like about the um what I like about the CEO, two things that, I, that that I love that you that you talk about, Dan, is when you're the CEO of your own company, then it's all your you're in control, you know, it's right. not like these other things that are, that are giving that magic. All of this. Well, it's a whole different way of looking at all of this you're really, when you're in 2025.
2: But what what it there's it, it, really four parts of it. Uh, you you have to do a SWOT analysis on yourself. What do you really do well? Uh, what works for you? What has worked well for you in the past? Uh, what are your what are your challenges? You know uh, weaknesses. I don't like the word weaknesses. It's just developmental opportunities. But what are they? Uh, opportunities, what opportunities have passed you by that you can never recover, what opportunities are coming up that you want to focus on, what opportunities can you project in the future, and what are the risks. And the biggest risk is what's the risk of doing absolutely nothing. So people, you know, I've had people say, I've had really talented people leave my company. And I'll say, well, where did they go? Well, I don't know where they went. What are they doing now? I don't know what they're doing now. So the point is, is the people you're working with around you who are really talented are uh, resources maybe to help you get your uh, role completed today. But there may be people who you could partner with in the future. You don't know. So uh, having this concept that, and I, you want to try something, just go get a business card. Go to VistaPrint.com. Uh, put your name on the card and say, you know, cybersecurity strategies and put the card in your, you know, put the card in your, your pocket. You don't have to give it to anybody. You know, you put it up on a bathroom mirror, but this has worked well for uh, student athletes, for adults. Uh, I think that when I worked at Chad Pennington, for you who don't follow football as a quarterback, for but the and the Dolphins, one of the things that Chad talked about, was that um, he he used a lot this concept of you incorporated, seeing himself as a CEO of his own company.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: And then what it does is that you come into a a work position much more responsible for, with with a different mindset. Yeah. uh, We've talked about this toolbox you know, people will come into a, uh, into a school or into a program, put a toolbox down and keep it closed.
1: Yeah.
2: I When I do a college class, I say, you know, let's open your toolbox up and let people throw all kinds of stuff into the toolbox. Right. You, you have to know what's in there and then um, knowing what to do when you need it, knowing it's there when you need it
1: for sure totally so michael just asked me he's joining the talk he's in the uk and he wants to know he has a question sure ask your question (laughs) he's like i have a question but i haven't seen the question yet so everyone that's on we are happy you know dan's here to answer your questions this is interactive we want to hear directly from you um, you know, I'm bringing up things that have gone on in my life and are happening with me and happening over the week where I are here with different clients and candidates and just security professionals overall and some of the struggles that everyone's having. Um, but this is definitely you know a space where you can ask your questions generic and if you do not want to, um, post them over LinkedIn or if you're, if you know you have a d- additional more private questions, please reach out to Dan directly. Um, I will put Dan's information in the chat. You can also reach out to me uh, behind the scenes and I'll give you Dan's info, but I will tag him in LinkedIn um, and on this this live. So Dan, from your-
2: I think questions are really interesting. I would say about 85% of the people I work with, I work with private email addresses from their home and cell phones, because people don't want a question coming in across their uh, their business link. Uh, I know with uh, compliance issues for bankers and people that's very, that's critical. But I did a program for ninety five uh, of the country's top ice hockey goaltenders about eight years ago, and I asked them when it was over. I said, "Does anybody have any questions?" And there were no questions, and I couldn't understand why there were no questions. And then at the end, I had about 40 people lined up on the side of a room saying I would never ask a question in front of people who I compete with. And so that's why I think I have a confidential sounding board. People will confer with me, and, and nobody ever knows what we're talking. I've been at meetings. I was at a meeting, a Zoom meeting, three weeks ago. I had four people at that meeting who were clients of mine and everybody thanked everybody else that was there, but nobody thanked me. Nobody will tell me, nobody (laughs) (laughs) will say, you know, they want me to be invisible. So, but again, that, that's really okay. Because it's interesting when when you talk about a competitive edge, people don't give their edge away. I, Renee and I talked some years ago about a program I had for, for eight keys to a competitive edge. And I'll run through them very quickly. If any of them ring a bell, send a question to Renee. But the mind game strategies are control negative self-talk. Find out what your peak performance zone is like because you can't stay in it if you don't know when you're out. So you need to know what that's like, how to prepare to compete. A lot of people are winging it today and your team members are winging it and they're not preparing to compete. And then how rapid recovery is how do you recover when things don't go well on a business side, it's power communication. Power communication tops the list are requested by by executives that I work with forever because they want to know how can I be more persuasive and persuasive and influential? How do I network strategically? How do I influence with integrity and long and short range strategic planning? Any of those things are available to you know, just if you heard a topic that interested you shoot me a quick email and say, what are you talking about
1: here? Yeah. Dan is, a uh, Dan, what I, another thing that I think resonates with people is that you work with so many different types of leaders. So, yep. you know, your sports leaders, you have your, you know, your entrepreneurs, you have your business executives, um, and you have people like across the board, all the way up to, you know, CEO level of Fortune 100 companies. Um, Dan, so people are asking, oh, these are some good questions. Steve Owens, hey Steve, he wants to know, do you have a reading list, Dan? You have things uh, for people to read? I know there's a couple lists that you've, that you've talked to me about in the past. Yeah, I
2: would, I would start out surprisingly to no one with my book called Click, Competitive Ed.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: what I tell people about the book, a lot of what I work with is a subconscious mind. And so I will tell people, you get my book online uh, and, uh, but don't read it, read the table of contents and the table of contents, your subconscious mind will tell you exactly what chapter you need to read for whatever situation you're going into at the time. And that becomes important. Uh, And then, you know, people use it as a resource uh, I have plenty of articles. If you send me a note or an email to tell me what you're looking for, if we engage in a conversation, and I can direct articles to you and information that, that will give you some tools, different tools to use. Because a lot of what I do defies conventional wisdom.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
2: So- you know, people will talk about traditional sales training, marketing training, I've been told by people that I take those things and put them on
1: steroids. (laughs) (laughs) You have. I I mean, I've seen you in action. People, like, I've seen Dr. Dan in action for years now, and it is unbelievable. Um, And he helps me with my life. So people struggle. Let's see here. People are making comments. Gary Sumner says, great point, Dan. Dr. Jermaine Walker says, awesome advice. I'm still, waking from, I'm still waiting for Michael's question from the UK. Michael, feel free to ask your question. Um, Eric Mountain says, keep up the great work. Thank you so much. Uh, Brett Bell, hey Brett. He says, people struggle with disclosing professional development needs because it is perceived as a weakness. How does Dr. Dan, um, Dr. Schaefer demystify that and create a space where weaknesses are okay?
2: I changed the word from weaknesses to developmental opportunities. That's what we looked at. I don't. I don't see them as weaknesses. I mean, if uh, you know, if, if you play a sport and you never played a sport before, you you know, it's not a weakness. You just never played it before. But I think it's recognizing is what's critically important here. And the other thing is, everybody that we've talked about, I say, you know, it's there's really only three people on a call: the the uh, attendee, Renee, and me. And so the point is, is that I'm talking directly to you. The question is, how do you use that? What needs to happen? You know, I have a an example I've used before on this program. I have a friend of mine who's and a client who's a uh, owns bank, very high powered negotiator and and uh, uh, CPA, financial advisor, and. Uh, I said to him, "What's the difference between sports? Between he, he held a springboard diving championship in New York City for four years in college." I said to him, "What's the difference between springboard diving and and uh, um, and business?" He said, "Nothing. It's exactly the same." He said, "My dives are always the same." He said, "But the uh, the water is always different." So there is nobody who's dealing with a situation that can really can apply it. So what we do a lot is to eliminate error. When we were in a coach, let, let me. Do we have time to run through this coaching culture thing? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, when people were trying to remotely manage people, which is people doing right now, uh, traditional management is you tell somebody, well, well, let's say I came to Renee, and and Renee said, okay, Dan, I want you to do this project, and management and she and she give me the resources and follow up and and evaluate me. Uh, But if she had 10 of me, she wouldn't know who was doing what, how effective I I was. So what what really happens is if you can move from a coaching, from a management culture into a coaching culture, that requires three things. It requires that Renee says to me, Dan, here's a project. Take this home. Take a look at it and come back and tell me how you're going to handle it. So it's my job to come back and tell her how I'm going to handle a project she gave me. That's phase one. The second phase is she say, do you have, uh, we need this done by July 15th. Is there anything you can think of that would prevent you from doing this in July 15th? And I, I would say no. So that's two phases. The first one is we agree on a process, what I'm going to do before I do anything. We agree on a time frame, so I'm going to keep up with the time. And then Renee's third question is what do you need from me? Imagine if you're managing people, all you had to do is to come to them and say, Do you need anything for me today? Do you need anything for me today? Do you need anything for me today? Better than, and then you know now with a lawyer. With uh, I argued with this lawyer for a while. He's a friend and a client. and He said to me, Well, you never run a law firm before. He called me back. He said, I saved a multi million dollar contract. I use assist because I knew with a, a young lawyer that before she went out to try this case that she was going to lose. He said that was a lot better than me coming back and trying to figure out why she lost. And that comes back into something that people are all interested in. Send me a note. and I'll talk about how to sell mistakes. Uh, I think it's really it's somebody would say, why would I ever want to buy a mistake? Well, people buy mistakes who don't want to make them themselves. It's, you're going to learn by your own mistakes, but it's a lot cheaper to learn by somebody else's. And so people are willing to spend, and i found it, people are willing to spend a fortune on figuring out why something didn't work rather than to figure out how to plan to make sure that it works before you even step out the door. Uh, I mean, look at professional athletes. They train to a tremendous degree. And if I t- what I try to do is take from from uh, our professional athletes and bring it right over into business.
1: Yep. So Namdi says, "Hey, Namdi, this is my buddy. I absolutely love the concept of changing weaknesses into developmental opportunities."
2: Okay. See, one of the things that HP did it was very interesting was they had a competency model for senior executives right underneath Carly Fiorina. And we would do some evaluations. We'd use an assessment like I talked about. We'd sit down with the individual and we'd say, okay, where do you want to be? What do you want to do? And what do you do well? So they would evaluate what they did well. And some of the assessments would say say what they did well or what they didn't do well. But we could target right, right in a moment what we needed to work on. And then we would coach them over the phone for no matter where they were, for you know, for a year and a half, two years. And frequently, you know, a, a, a training company would put up a, uh, you know, a developmental development program. Uh, and when you sit down with the individual, I said, that's not what I need. What I need is to deal with myself personally. I need some strategies to deal effectively with that. And that's what we did with this this hypnotic intervention. Because what's interesting about working with the subconscious mind, folks, is that when you imagine or dream 2025, because your subconscious mind must act out every thought, image, or idea that you put into it, it will work relentlessly unless you get in its way. My job is to make sure that it doesn't get in your way.
1: Yeah. And I think that that's what aligns to the 2025. Yes. Like, you know, the subconscious mind, the waving the magic wand being five years, five years right. out. And in my mind, I always, you know, I do it from an age thing. I was, Dan sent his, uh his, his information um to me this week and to my son and my son is eight. And I was like, in 2025, how old are you going to be? And, you know, it's the same. It's kind of like the same process. So five years out, you know, how old, how old, what, what, what have I done? What did I do in 2020 to screw up 2025? Um, and. Yeah. But when,
2: here, here's an eight year old kid who said to me, I want you to help me build my company. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so, I mean, he, he, he is clearly my youngest client. My youngest before that was uh, a sophomore in high school, uh, hockey player.
1: <laughs> my son is uh he he loves Chris Roberts too. For all of you Chris Roberts fan, he has his I, I told Chris his youngest, his youngest uh his youngest mentee is is eight. Last year he was seven. So Dan, you don't know Chris Roberts, but he is a huge um uh person in the cybersecurity industry. And um my son met him and he he loves his he, he has a different color beard all the time. Um so he he loved his purple beard. I think it was blue at the time. Um, but in any event, yeah, just talking about being all the way out there, like being five years out um, and, and putting yourself literally transforming, like putting yourself in 2025, especially during a time like right now when 2020 is just looking crazy out here. So, you know, 2025, if, you, if we are sitting in twenty five to 2025 today, what does that look like? And Dan um, helps people all the time with, with uh...
2: that. You know, and and the, re- the reality is is that people think that different ideas that they get to pop into their head are distractions. But when you start working with a subconscious mind, it starts to spit out ideas. And I just tell people, you better write them down on a post it note. You know, think about that stuff.
1: Yeah.
2: I'm going to have to run and get a, a charger to plug in here, Renee. Do we have time?
1: Well, it's eleven fifty nine. If you want to continue, we can continue on. Um, if not, we can pick this up. We've been at it for about thirty five, a little over thirty six minutes. If you want to charge up, we can charge up. If not, we can continue next. Yeah, Thursday I can. Monday. I can
2: keep on. Just give me a give me a minute to go get my charger.
1: Okay. So while Dan's busy getting the charger, I definitely want to um, continue talking and learning more about the challenges that you all are going through. And the reason why we put together these live streams is because, you know, Chris, Fulon, and I want to help the community during this time and provide as many experts as we can to bring on here to help you as you're going through some challenges. And a lot of the people I bring on, I think to myself, you know, I know what I'm going through and I've heard from a number of, Uh, security leaders as well as professionals and what you all are going through. And I'll continue to ask more questions about what it is that you're going through so that we can get more people like Dan out here to help answer any questions that you may have and help us as we all go through COVID-19, which is kind of crazy at this time. So I really appreciate everyone who has been joining us, joining these live streams. Um, and asking questions and just being a part of this conversation and helping us um, get to, you know, get in front of more people and and having them be exposed to this. Um, Specifically in the breaking into cybersecurity space, there's so many people who are looking, I mean, people are looking at all levels. So um, like like I was sharing with Dan earlier and sharing with you all earlier, it has been... You know, when I start to get in-mails like constantly around um, and emails constantly around people about to lose their jobs, losing their jobs, you know, and it's a huge shock. And what do they do next? And all of that, I want to make sure that we are, are supporting supporting you all as much as possible and make ensuring that we have, um, you know, the right kind of content for that. So if you know of folks who are looking or who you think this will be valuable for, please tag them. Please tag them in this and uh, so we can ensure that they can come on and be a part of some of these live streams for the next, for the foreseeable future while we continue to bring you um, information that hopefully will help you um, in your career and in your life while we are dealing with COVID-19. so
2: And, if, then, you, and if, you have something, if you have something going on that seems out of the ordinary, let me I'll just run through a wish list. I work a lot with wish lists with people. What do you want to have happen? I'll read very quickly through the wish list. Some of them may apply. Some might not apply at all. But I want to increase my concentration, notice and control self-talk, manage and control stress, identify and control distractions, Catch distractions earlier, enhance interpersonal media communication, control anger and aggression, increase energy motivation, control discomfort, improve performance, improve self-esteem and self-confidence, develop a person. You know, people talk about success. I say, you know, success is, is uh, imagination plus persistence. But you can't persist towards something you can't imagine. So pe- the amount of people out there shooting arrows but don't have a target, it's amazing. One of the things about the the uh, you Incorporated is once you get an individual to uh, see themselves as the CEO of their own company, whether it be a kid or uh, an adult Every decision you make becomes a business decision. So,
1: right. So well, then a- you
2: thank I'm, you. I'm charging up here, so
1: <laughs> yeah, you went out for a little bit. So I was thinking that we could wrap up and continue on for next week. Sure. Okay.
2: I, 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 let let people send you the questions. If they want, what what do you want to deal with? Yeah. What's the most important thing, or what? what can you anticipate happening in the in the next week? Then, if you have management challenges with p- particular individuals, we can talk about that. Yep, because that's that's pretty much what's going on with people today.
1: Yeah, I I, I read a, a a note, and we can bring this up next week about you know people getting pressured again um, for management in terms of the delivery of their projects. And this one woman was talking about how, um, you know, she was just ready to quit because she's dealing with a situation where she has, you know, it's COVID-19, she's working from home, manager's asking if that's, to, if it's distracting for her to be working from home, it's like, we're under lockdown, like, what what do you mean? <laughs> so uh, she resigned, like, you know, she said she's, she, she's done. Um, so talking, talking through, you know, situations like that and helping more people in this space is, is what we're here to do. So
2: I I think, you know, what, first of all, what we ought ought to talk about next time is just some of the impact that stress has on people. It's unrecognized. Mm -hmm. I mean, one of the big issues we deal with on a regular basis with stress is errors, omissions, accidents, and safety. And the impact that stress has on people is really is really amazing. I'll tell a quick story to wrap up. I, right after 9-11, I worked with a company that uh, – and I worked with a guy who brought a team of people out of the buildings before they collapsed. And he said to me, we were almost to the bottom. And he said, we came to a landing. There was smoke and oil and everything all over the place. And he said, there was a Snapple machine. He said, so I took a, a – a, uh, um, fire extinguisher. I broke the Snapple machine open. I started handing Snapple to the other people involved who were coming down with me. He said, and I was the last one in front of the machine. And he said, I stood looking at all the Snapple there saying, diet or regular? Do I really want to get diet or do I want to eat a regular? He said, I couldn't believe that that was what was going through my head. I'm trying to think about to keep on my diet. So it's how it impacts on people.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: But you, if you guys are leaders, you want to be thinking about how is all of this stuff impacting on the people who are looking to you to guide them? And that's that's a challenge also.
1: Yeah. Uh, Steven says he would le- love to build new partnerships and spin up new companies. Even a network of folks interested in doing the same for support and strategi- strategization would be a good first step. So, Steve, thanks for that.
2: Um, there's, a system, there's a system to do that he doesn't have to reinvent the wheel
1: okay yep so everyone Dan thank you for being here everyone else who were so 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 engaged thank you all for being here and um, hanging out with us on Mondays I think I'm going to call this Mondays with Dan um, <laughs> and and hanging out with us and kind of talking about your week and some of the challenges that we've all been facing and having over the week. You know, I, I know I myself, there's there's been so many people have that have reached out who I know are struggling and happy to um, really grateful and happy to have Dan on here uh, because he comes with so, so much knowledge of working with so many different types of individuals um, at a top level. Um, at the executive level, at your peak, you know, his company's peak performance, and it's really the people at the top of their game um, and how to deal with stress, how to deal with, um, you know, these black swan events, a black swan event like this that most of us have never seen in our lifetimes. Um, So, we will see you again next Monday at 11-ish. And I think any of you who laughed I, I want somebody, I put 11-ish up there and I said, it all has to do with my kids. So we try to start, we, we plan it for 11 o'clock. <laughs> if they're quiet, we go on at 11. If they're not quiet, we go on around 11. So happy to be here um, hanging out with us, Mondays 11-ish with Dr. Dan. So thank you so much, Dan.
2: Have a great week, everybody. And remember, pick the phone up if you need to.
1: Yes. And, and Dan is so serious. You can call him. You can text him. You can, if and you, if you want. To
2: text me first and say, when can we talk? And we can set that up. Uh, you know, I, I tell Renee, I'm a telephone guy. You know, texting for me. I still get my mail by, by Pony Express. So... <laughs>
1: We are very proud of Dan for being on live streams and Zoom calls. And I mean, (laughs) it's awesome.
2: Renee Renee has dragged me kicking and streaming (laughs) in the 21st century.
1: (laughs) Now we're here. We can't get rid of you now. We love you. (laughs) Thanks, Dan. Thanks, everyone. See you all next week. All right. Bye bye.